This is the Sanctuary LA podcast. We are a real church for real people in the heart of downtown Los Angeles. Secrets never stay buried for long. There always comes a point where you will have to face the truth of what's buried. I'm going to pray. Lord, I thank you for today. I thank you, Lord, for what you've put in my spirit for today. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you begin to move and speak to the hearts of people here today. I pray that I would only be a mouthpiece, but that your spirit will transform hearts, minds. Today, I thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do. We honor you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So there are two kinds of secrets. There are secrets that are truths from God, and there are secrets that we try to hide from God. Um, Mark 4.22, it says, For there is nothing hidden which will not be revealed, nor has anything been kept secret, but that it should come to light. And in Genesis 2.25, we're going to talk a little about Adam and Eve, um, the first man and woman on earth. In verse 25, it says, And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may, not, we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, you, sh- you, sh- you will not die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree which I commanded you that you should not eat? Then the man said, the man said, the woman whom you gave to me, (laughs) gave to be with me, she gave me of the tree and I ate. It's a woman's fault. And the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me, and I ate. So secrets, 
we try to hide from God. Those create a breeding ground for shame, for fear, for anger, and for bondage. The definition of bondage is involuntary servitude. That's what bondage is. It means that you're bound to something that you just can't break free of. It's involuntary. You want to be free of it, but you just, you just can't. You've done everything you can. You've hidden it. You've tried to deal with it. It's there, and it just won't go away. That's involuntary servitude. You're stuck. You're under something. There's something that controls you. That's what happens when we have secrets that we try to hide from God. That's what happens when we bury things or try to bury things so deep and we ignore them, we pretend they don't exist until something happens. There's a trigger. There's always a trigger. There's always something that will trigger a memory of something. Always. Always. Adam and Eve, they covered themselves. So what happens when, when there are secrets and there's shame involved? You try to cover it up. And then you try to hide from the truth, which is exactly what Adam and Eve did. They, they sinned, they made some choices, wrong choices, bad choices. Um, then they covered up their nakedness. And then they hid from the presence of God. God was actually walking in the garden to spend time with them. And he's like, where are you? I'm looking for you. Like, we had to hide, we were afraid. When in reading this, did they ever have the opportunity to be afraid of God? When? There was no, prior to this, there was no um, issue with fear. And if there's anything you can learn about um, hiding things from the Lord or trying to hide things from the Lord is that when fear is involved, fear can either cripple you, it can, it will cripple you, and it can destroy you. David and Bathsheba, I'm not going to read this. This is 2 Samuel 11 and 12. David, he, um, David did a bad thing. He did a few bad things. Um, he saw a woman, thought she was beautiful, slept with her, got her pregnant. Her husband came home. He tried to get her husband to sleep with her so it would look like it was his baby. And the husband wouldn't. He was too honorable. He said, no, I'm supposed to be in battle. I can't sleep with my wife and have pleasure when, when other men are fighting and dying. And this is Dave. Dave is the king now. And he's like, go sleep with your wife to cover up my foolishness. He refused to do it. And then on top of that, he's like, well, he's not going to do that. I just have to have him killed. Put him on the front lines and, and let's see what happens. Then he's killed. All of this Talk about secrets. We're talking about secrets, things you try and hide from the Lord. So he was trying to hide his sin. And when he couldn't hide his sin, he tried to kill the thing, the person who could expose his sin. And then the Lord sends a prophet. You got to love prophets. And the prophet confronts him. David's like, he tells him a story. He tells him a story. And David says, um, that person should be killed. We should destroy that person. Nathan's like, that person is you. You just did this. And God's anger is burning 
against you. Secrets we try to hide will isolate us. What they do is it isolates you, so you think you're the only person dealing with this. I'm the only person who has a secret. I'm the only person who has dealt with this. And when you become isolated, and I'm talking about in the body of Christ now, this is a family. We're the body, so we're all connected. And when you separate yourself and you say, no one can understand, I'm alone in this, you suffer in isolation. That's where the lies start to begin. You start to run things over in your mind. You start to believe the lie of the enemy. Why? Because you're not in community. You're not around people who will contradict those lies. You're not around or not listening to the word of God that will contradict every lie that the enemy is trying to throw at you. That is what secrets we try to hide from God do. They isolate and hold us hostage. Because we think if we reveal this, if I tell anyone this, then they're not going to love me. They're not going to accept me. They're not going to be my friend. They are not going to believe in me. And that is a lie from the devil. That is a lie from the devil. The irony of trying to keep secrets from God is that he already knows. That's what's so ironic about the whole thing, is you're here trying to hide your stuff, but God already knows. He knows. And that's where the deception is. The deception is that, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hide this, and I'm gonna come to church and put my church face on, and nobody's gonna know Nobody's going to ask me any questions. Nobody's going to say anything. But you're standing in the service. The presence of the Lord is moving. And you're starting to feel that little wiggle jiggle in your heart. We all know what that feels like. When you know the Lord is talking to you and your heart starts to like go like this, the little pitter-patter in your heart because you know he's, this is a little too much for me. Your secrets are, are trying to come to the surface. And you're like, no, you're going to stay down. I'm going to hide you in here. I'm going to keep you. So it prevents you what? It prevents you from worshiping God fully. Because there's shame associated with secrets. It prevents you from being vulnerable with people. Because you feel like, I have to protect myself. I can't expose myself to anybody. I can't tell anybody this. It prevents you from experiencing the fullness of the presence of God. Adam and Eve, they were hiding. God is looking for them. He, he was looking for them. They're hiding. And the presence of God was literally like at their, like in the garden. Where are you? Where are you? I'm looking for you. I'm trying to find you, to connect with you. But they're so caught up in hiding their secret. They're so um, obsessed with keeping, are trying to come out so you can get some fresh soil in there, so you can get some fresh word in there, so you can get some fresh seed in there, so you can start to be fruitful 
in the things of God? What is it that's preventing you from getting cleaned out? You are not alone. You are not alone. God knows your secrets. You don't think he does, but he knows. What are you trying to hide that he can't touch? There's no sense in trying to hide. You are never so isolated that God can't reach you. You are never so alone that God can't see you. Never. And that is the deception of the enemy. He wants you to feel like you're alone. Why? Because when you're alone, away from the pack, you're most vulnerable. When you're not in the body, planted, where you have people who can cover you, people who can protect you, gird you up in prayer, when you feel like you can't make it, that's what family is for. We're talking about family matters. And I'm talking to you from a place of, this is the body of Christ. So if, if as a family, when we see somebody struggling, who's trying to isolate, and we're not in prayer, we're not being the hands and feet of Jesus, there's a problem. All of us can't do everything, but some of us can do some things. And secrets will destroy you if you don't allow the Holy Spirit to touch that thing and to get inside of there and say, no, 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 we're going to deal with this. Yes, is there fear associated with it? Yes, because there's the fear of the unknown. If this comes out, what is going to happen? If they know this, will they ever look at me the same way? Listen, this is a safe place. Our heart's desire is to see that you are in right standing with God. Our heart's desire is to see you free from what's holding you bound. Secrets, that is a hostage taker. It'll take you hostage and you'll just be stuck. Why can't I move forward in this? Why can't I, why can't I have healthy relationships? Why can't I just do well and make good decisions. I keep making the same decisions, bad decisions over and over and over. Cycles can be indicative of things that haven't been dealt with. If you find yourself circling around to the same issue, come right back around. There's something on that journey, on that journey around that you're not doing differently. There's something that you haven't confronted yet that the Lord's like, you got to deal with this. You're going to come right back here again until you deal with this. And most of us can think of those things. There's got to be things running through your mind right now. And that's not me. I don't know what they are. That's between you and Jesus. But I'm here to tell you, you don't have to live in a cycle. You do not have to be bound or held hostage by things in your past, things in your present, bad decisions you may have made. That does not define who you are. Who you are, you're a daughter and a son of the Most High God. 
You're the righteousness of God in Christ. You are an overcomer because of what Jesus did on the cross. There is nothing the devil can throw at you that can ever prevent you from fulfilling the things that God has on your life. Only you can make the choice to break free of that. You got to make the choice. You, you, you are the person. He's given you free will. He's given you the tools. He's given you the ability to make the choice. But why would we choose to stay stuck? Why? There's no life there. There's no, there's no hope there. There's no freedom there. Let's turn to John 8. Open Jesus. Nothing is beyond the reach of God. There is no secret too um, bad or too strong that will withstand against the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus was shed to set you free. And there is hope on the other side of this. So even with Adam and Eve, there's hope. He sent his son, David and Bathsheba, when, he was, when David was confronted. Because we can't escape consequence. You make decisions, regardless of what the decisions are, there's always fruit. You plant a seed, something's going to grow. But that thing that grows, you can cut that thing off at the root so it doesn't bear so it doesn't continue to bear fruit in your life. Just because there's a tree there doesn't mean that thing can't come up. It sure can, and it will because of the blood of Jesus. John 8, uh, verse 1. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Now early in the morning, he came again into the temple, and all the people came to him, and he sat down and taught them. Then the scribes and Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Shady. Like rolled up on the lady in the middle of her sin. So wrong. Like who does that? <laughs> oh, I can only just create the picture in your mind. Like it was, she was caught in the very act. That means they were all up in there, like, yanking her out of the room. Like, think about how she must have felt. You know what I mean? And where was the man in all of this? I don't understand. But they yanked her out of there. She was probably struggling to get clothes on to cover herself up. Just the shame of it, the embarrassment of it. The fact that she was going to have to bear the brunt of the act accusation when it takes two to tango she was the one standing there in the middle of the circle waiting to be condemned now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned but what do you say I love Jesus don't you just love Jesus then they said testing him that they might have something of which to accuse him but Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger as though he did not hear. Sometimes you have to ignore your accusers because there's some people who are just so loud that you can be loud on your own 
I'm not going to engage in that. So when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, He who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Then those who heard it, being convicted by their conscience, went out one by one, beginning with the oldest, even to the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, Woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. And my second point, I'm sorry, my first point was the hostage taker. Second one is the freedom giver. Secrets that are truths from God will give you peace, joy, and freedom. They will literally save you. Literally save you. There's this movie we, um, my sister and I like to watch. We grew up watching this. It's called Anne of Green Gables. I don't know if any of you have ever seen it, but if you've never seen it, you should because it's a really nice movie. But there's this part in the beginning, she's a little dramatic, and in the part in the beginning of the story, she's in this lady's house and, and she was thanking this lady for taking her in. And um, you, she says, you saved me from the depths of despair. <laughs> She's really dramatic. She's like, you saved me from the depths of despair. And then the lady responds. She wasn't very warm in the beginning, but she responds and said, um, she says, um, the depths of despair means you've turned your back on God. And um, she's like, you're all right, pretty much. Like, you're not despaired. You're okay. It's going to be okay. But I say that to say that the, the truths from God will literally save you from the depths of despair. When you're in your lowest moment, when you're at your worst, when you feel like there's no hope, when you can't see the future, God's hand is there. And I say this, this is one of my favorites, and anyone who's come for any time knows that I always say this is one of my favorites because there's a lot of truth in here that are my favorites because they become favorites to me at different seasons of my life. So I have lots of favorite stories and scripture and stuff. And this is one of my favorites when Peter steps out of the boat and Jesus says, come, it's me, step out of the boat. He steps out of the boat and then he starts to look around and he starts to sink and the Bible says immediately Jesus stretched out his hand. Immediately, he stretched out his hand. It takes faith to step out of the boat and to be vulnerable and to let your guard down because you never really know what's going to happen. The one thing you do know is that Jesus is the freedom giver and that his hand is always there to pull you up out of the depths of despair. His hand is always there to keep you from drowning. His hand is always there 
to pull you out of the pit. John 8, 32, this is one of my favorites too. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. You either believe the Bible or you don't. There's no in-between with the Bible. There's no, oh, I'm going to believe this, but not going to believe that. There's none of that. It's either you believe it or you don't. And if you believe it and you believe that God is the freedom giver, that God is the Savior, then when he says that you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free, believe it. Because the truth will make you free. His truths will make you free. His promises will make you free. The mysteries that God deposits into your heart, into your spirit, things that you are supposed to discover and learn in your journey with him, those are the things that will keep you and preserve you. That is the truth that will break the ties to those lies. This truth is a bondage breaker. No more involuntary servitude. I am not a slave to my secrets. I am free by the blood of Jesus. I am free because of what Jesus did on the cross. I am free because Jesus rose from the dead. I am free. So when those lies start to appear in, in front of you, when you start to run that reel in your head, because we all have one, we all have one, it better be, you better have little slides on there that have the word of God stamped on them. I don't know, maybe some of the young people don't know about reels and how that actually works. You know what I actually, what I was thinking about? You remember those old, like, um, how our parents used to have those things that had the little film in them and you would stick it in the machine and you would like, yeah, what's it called? Yeah, you just click it and it would slide and it would project a screen, like old school projectors. I think my dad probably still has that. But I pictured that because every picture is different. And in our minds, it's like that. There's a new picture that's constantly rolling in our minds. But in that new picture, you better have the truth of the word of God in there somewhere. You gotta have a word you have to have a word. It is the word of God that will save you from yourself. When you're believing the lie, you better pick this thing up and be like, this is the truth. Hit yourself in the head with it. I don't know what you need to do. But make sure that this thing is imprinted in your mind. Because that is, that is freedom. This is freedom. Imagine standing at the precipice of a mountain. Just imagine you're standing at the edge. You're trying to, you're trying to get to the other side. There's a, there's a gap. And you're, you're, you keep attempting to jump. And you just, fear of falling is there. Fear of not quite making it if, if I do jump. Fear of getting there, and then you know, sometimes people jump and they're like trying to climb up, and loose rocks are falling, and you're like, I'm gonna die. 
Imagine yourself on the precipice. Indecision about jumping. And then suddenly a rope appears. It's a rope. It's red, covered in the blood of Jesus. This rope appears and you grab a hold of it. This rope pulls you up higher. That's the word of God that says, whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Free indeed. The rope pulls you up a little higher. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Pulls you up a little higher. My ways are not your ways. My thoughts, not your thoughts. Pulls you up a little higher. For I know the plans I have for you plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope, to give you a future. And suddenly, you're on the other side. Suddenly, what was so daunting, what was so um, big, isn't so big anymore. The Word of God freedom, the freedom giver pulled you up when you thought you were going to fall. Helped you make it when you thought you couldn't make it. The word of God will get you out of that pit. John 10.10, one of my favorites again. The thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I have come that you might have life in abundance to the full till it overflows. If you guys don't know that version, that's the amplified version. I have come that you might have life in abundance to the full till it overflows. Are you feeling the shaking in your soul? Are you feeling that shaking? What are those secrets that God's trying to put his hand on and he keeps smacking his hand away? What is he trying to free you from? And you just aren't letting go. It's like a kid and candy. It's like a kid and their favorite toy or their favorite blanket, whatever. You're trying to get it so you can clean it, so you can bring some newness to it, and they just won't let go. And you're like, I'm trying to help you out. It smells, it's stinky, it's old, and you won't let it go. Parents, you know what I'm talking about. Adults, you might know what I'm talking about. There's that thing. We all have it where we just won't let go. God is like, give it to me so I can put my fire on it and burn that thing up so then the Holy Spirit can come and fill you with power. What is shaking your soul? What trigger 
is shaking you right now. I'm going to get ready to close. And I want everyone to just think about that for a moment. There are secrets that we can try to hide from God. And then there are secrets that are truths from God. You have a choice. You have a choice. Last year, and I'm going to close with this, last year, um, at the end of the year, I think my husband may have shared, the, shared a little bit about this. Um, 2017 was a, just it was a challenging year um, for our family. Uh, we had a lot of change going on. We had a lot of shifts and moves and, and just life things. And um, coming down to the end of the year, I don't know, we just, we knew the year was ending and it was like all hell broke loose <laughs> at the end of the year. And I have never in my life dealt with um, depression or oppression or anything like that, never. Like I had never dealt with it. And then all of a sudden, and I say all of a sudden because, because it was very clearly um, an attack from the enemy. All of a sudden, I felt heavy. Like I couldn't, I just didn't want to get up. I just didn't want to go anywhere. I just didn't want to do anything. And I was like, what is going on? Because here's the thing. There's your spirit and there's your soul. And my spirit was like, what is going on? And my soul was like, I'm going to take you out. And there was this constant battle. The Bible talks about that battle, that the flesh needs to be subject to the spirit. And there was this constant battle. And I was like, Lord, I don't know what's going on. I have never... I have never not wanted to live. I have never not wanted to be here. I have never um, doubted that I was going to heaven. <laughs> but the enemy was so intent on his attack that I literally had to, I could barely even open my Bible to read. I could barely pray. I had to get the word on, thank God for podcasts, right? I had to play, start to play stuff. I had to start to worship the Lord. I had to, I had to be like, God, I know you're real. Regardless of what I'm feeling right now, I know what this says. And I choose to believe this. My body is lying. My emotions are lying to me. My mind is lying to me but I'm going to believe this. Every day, I had to get up and I had to speak the word of God over my life. Every day, I had to battle those feelings of, I don't know how I'm going to make it. Every single day was a fight. And I know it was a spiritual thing. This wasn't just, oh, she's just kind of dipping into her emotions. I'm not, I'm not like an emotional person when it comes. I don't cry for everything. I cry for some things, but I don't cry for everything. I'm not overly emotional. 
And when I couldn't just shake it, I was like, okay, Lord, I'm in a, I'm in a fight here. But I was like, I need your help. I can't do this. I can't do this on my own. This word became my lifeline. The body, because I still had responsibilities. It's not like I had children, I have church, I had stuff I had to do. Like people, just because I'm having problems doesn't mean that, that um, people still aren't expecting things of me. And to be honest with you, that is what kept me. Like, because your first response is to isolate. It's to, let me get by myself and deal with this by myself before people think I'm crazy. <laughs> let me not, I don't want to have to talk to anybody. I, let me just, and you can't avoid it. What saved me was the fact that I did have children. I had to get up every day. There were people expecting, little people, who wanted to be fed, clothed, who had places to go and people to see. <laughs> little people pulled that out of me. There were people here who needed me, who needed the word inside of me. That would often, that would pull that out of me because just because you're going through something doesn't mean the gifts of God are not still inside of you. Doesn't mean that they won't operate even though you're dealing with stuff because we're all dealing with stuff. Nobody is perfect. Nobody is perfect. I had to get up every Sunday morning and I used to be like, Jesus, help me. Help me, Lord. Because I didn't know. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Worship, being in the worship service, literally was like bomb to my soul, to my heart. Because I, I, just, I just didn't have it in me. And then I got a word from the Lord. I got a word from the Lord that whom the sun sets free is free indeed and it might be a scripture you hear all the time we say it all the time and I've said this before the word of God is not um, this is not cliche there is nothing cliche about the word of God you may have heard it a hundred times but I can tell you right now that whom the sun sets free is free indeed became very real to me in those months. I had to choose to believe it or not. And if I didn't believe it, I didn't think I was going to make it. I, I said, Lord, I'm taking this word. I believe what you're saying. I believe that I am free. I believe that I have the mind of Christ. I believe that one day I will be in heaven with Jesus. That there's no question about where I'm going. I believe that I'm going to live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. I had to say the word of God to counteract the plan of the enemy. The word of God, and I'm going to close with this. The word of God is, that's like my third closing. I'm starting to sound like a preacher. Um, the word of God 
is the sword of the Spirit. And we talk about the armor of the Lord. But do you really use it as a sword? A sword is actually something you have to pick up and use. It's not an accessory. It's a weapon. And the Bible says that the Word of God is the sword of the Spirit. So I had to pick up my sword, dust that thing off, and engage. It was a war for my soul. It was a war for my purpose. It was a war to see the victory of God in my life, in my family's life. Because when you're going through stuff, it doesn't just affect you, it affects everybody around you, whether you know it or not. And I wanna challenge you today. Deal with the secrets. Don't let it take you hostage. What's most interesting about Adam and Eve and David and Bathsheba is that in both cases, God sent somebody. He, it was him in the first case. Second case, it was a prophet. God is seeking you out. He's, he's looking for you. He's chasing after you, saying, let me set you free. Let me get there. Let me touch you. Let me work in you. Let me show you how powerful I am and who I can be in your life. But you have to let go. Let it go. You got to let it go. You have to let it go and let God be God. I'm going to ask you to stand up with me for a moment. Thank you for listening to the Sanctuary LA podcast. Tune in again next week and stay awesome and be blessed.